The Boiled Sports Handsome Hour is sponsored by Martin Vintage. Visit martinvintage.com for an excellent selection of Purdue apparel. Enter Boiled at checkout for 15% off your entire order. And by AJ's on Vine Street in West Lafayette. For the best on-campus selection of burgers, comfort food, draft beers, and TVs to monitor all the action, visit AJ's. EatAJ's.com. adrenaline production here welcome to the boiled sports handsome hour it is uh a special edition i don't know is it a special edition in niche we it's always a special edition every every time <laughs> every episode we're able, is special it's always special with us get your rocks glasses for the holidays no oh, don't yeah. actually because they're gone no you can you know oh you can, you can get those you can get the, you can get the you can get the aluminum cans, which also serve as a koozie. It's beautiful. Get them at the BS OnlyFans store. <laughs> but so I guess the real question. That clash store. Is this streaming is really the question. It's a great question. I think so. We had a couple technical uh, difficulties earlier That's today. Unusual. I think when you was, can when share. that ever I th- happened? I know. I think you can share that link that I shared with you, Jay Money. I think it's fine. I think there theoretically should be people here. It'll be on the interwebs uh, if it's let's not. Let's see. Video unavailable. There we go. Dylan Kuhn is here. So, Dylan. Let me share the other one, though, in the... Uh, yeah, on. share the one that I, I just sent you. This is a perfect production. It's totally fine. Nothing's going wrong. Nobody's We're... Anyway. Exactly. At the, at the very least... You know, we've got we've got Dylan here, so that's what matters. That's really what matters. So, um, it's it's Bucket Week and it's IU Week, and um, I thought about uh, introducing our guest for the week um, by um, listing like works by Bob Kravitz or Greg Doyle, <laughs> and just like continuing to list things that the and he also is the author of this. Not What's Bob that? anymore. It's it's only Greg now. It's only Greg with two G's. Oh, that's right. Kravitz is at the athletic, right? The yes, point yes. was it would be completely uh, uh, undermining him and introducing him inappropriately. So uh, instead, we've brought on the other half of uh, the Zach Osterman, Anish Ramaswamy buddy cop drama that's that right. will be on Fox this fall. That's um, right. <laughs> only one of us is quoted in the Purdue media guide, though. That's, I know. I still. I haven't gotten. I haven't. I haven't broken that barrier, my friend. Foreman grabbed my my quote about Mackey Arena being the best environment in the country. And oh I gosh, why did I say that? <laughs> it is though. It's. I mean, it's up there anyway. For some reason, he never quotes us saying nobody comes into Ross Aid. But we were saying that back when nobody actually came into Ross Aid. Not like Weirdly, now when nobody get... wins at Ross. I have. A, I. I. I have a question. I want to start uh, Zach off with here. Um, because we, you may know this, that we cater to the Purdue fan, you know, the casual Purdue fan and the diehard Purdue fan. Um, and none of the ones that I'm going to be talking about here in this example, probably listening because we're not very nice to them, but there is a contingent, a weird contingent that is really dissatisfied with a seven and four Purdue team that could become eight and four. Uh, and have back-to-back eight-win regular seasons for the first time in 25 years, and theoretically has a path to the Big Ten title game. 
and they're acting as though that that's disappointing. So I'm curious uh, what you would say as someone who covers IU sports, like IU football, about fans who are pissed off about that sort of a run. Stop being stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I would I mean, I would say it to, to IU fans, too. And obviously, I use in a slightly different position. But like, you know, I find myself with IU fans now being like, listen, I get it. You know, I, I get the last couple of seasons have been disappointing. Sure. Last season, sure. I think, was particularly disappointing. But like you have a coach who found a formula for something you hadn't done in 30 years. Like you don't, I, I, I know. And I, I recognize I'm going to sound like the old man of the sea here, but like, I know oh, you'll that, fit right in. Don't worry about it. I know that we live in this, this world of instant gratification of if you don't like it, just throw it away. You know, Amazon can get something to your door 24 hours later, but like, you know, stuff like this just doesn't work that way. And, and, you know, two programs and Anisha, I know you and I have talked about this, that both on both sides have more in common than historically than they probably want to admit and certainly face a number of the same challenges because ultimately they're trying to recruit from the same recruiting base. They are financially speaking in similar positions within their conference, obviously Purdue for the moment, this won't be for much longer, but for the moment Purdue has the, the semi advantage of the Big Ten West, but the flip side is, I can tell you something. Like, I can tell you, coaches prefer recruiting to the East because when you recruit to the East, you can tell kids like you'll play Michigan, you'll play Ohio State, you'll be on ABC, NFL scouts will be in the stadium, you'll play at Ohio Stadium. Um, you know, I, I won't use coaches names. don't want to. Coaches don't want to go play at Iowa. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I won't use names, but like an Indiana coach has literally told me before, it's I can't go sell playing in Champagne. <laughs> You know, like it, it, nobody's nobody's going to get excited about that. And I'm not picking on Illinois. I guess I am a little bit. But the point is, you find something that works, like hang on to it. Because most the reality is most college football seasons are most good college football seasons are like seven to nine wins. And basically the goal is to get yourself to a place where you do that can so consistently and all the habits that you build and the way you recruit and develop and all that is the, and then you do that for the one season where it all slides into place and you play the right teams at the right times and suddenly you get to 11 wins you know um 11 really indiana 11 <laughs> Indiana. no in the history of in the history of Purdue football we're still waiting we're still sliding and ready we're ready to go indiana's never had a 10 win season you know and they've never they've never had any, and I think Purdue's had Purdue's one. Had one, and so and, that, and so it, 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 and I'm not you know I struggle to toe this line because I have many friends who are who are good IU football fans, and as somebody who grew up in the South, like in some ways, obviously basketball is king here, but I do in some ways enjoy talking about football more um, because that's just like culturally that's what I grew up with, um, and I, I I struggle to sort of toe the line and not make it sound like I'm telling them, Oh, just be happy with your lot in life. Cause that's not what I'm suggesting. But like when you find something that works like that, recognize how historically difficult it has been. And maybe it's a little bit harder for Purdue fans to get perspective because you know, the Joe Tiller sort of peak years are a little bit more recent, but like in the wider historical scope, recognize how difficult it has been to get that far. And then if you, I mean, what will it be four bowls in six years for Brom? this season am i right in saying that yeah so like you know recognize that that is consistency at a level that like 
probably it's, half, half the Big Ten would kill for that. Maybe more than right. half the Big Ten, frankly. And so, like Nebraska, Nebraska would kill for four bowls in the last six years. Yeah. Um, they would. I mean, they would be <laughs> over the moon in an eight-win season right uh, now. I um, think you're no. I think you're misjudging Nebraska fans because they well, had eight, nine-win seasons over and over and over, and it wasn't enough. Do you think but now? See, I think, but I think I think they would take them now. It's been recalibrated. Yeah. Um, I think I think now they would be like, but then the problem is then they would do this too, where after two of them, they'd be like, all right, it's time to win a national title. Um, but That's what I don't understand with you, the point you're making about Purdue. Like, like it, you said the Tiller years, it was 25 years ago, the last time they won eight games in back-to-back seasons, 97 and 98. That's longer than some of these people have been alive, longer than any of the players, except maybe Aiden O'Connell, have been alive. And, and, and well... And we're only like a six years removed from Purdue being in a lower spot than they literally ever had been. Like almost historically under Hazel, like like people can talk all they want about IU being bad. IU hasn't been that bad in a really long time. Like those yeah. Hazel years were really recent. And when there were literally, I mean, what were those pictures, Anisha, of, of Ross Aid when we started making that joke? What were they like? 5,000 people, 3,000 people in Ross Aid? Like, and this year they averaged like 59,000? Like, it's it's astonishing to me the lack of perspective that people have, um, and I'm not. That's exactly the point I've made. Is don't you don't have to be happy. You can be. Hey, I expect more. I would like there to be more. I think they could continue to get better. I think that's all totally fine and valid. And you can be annoyed when they lose a crappy game to Iowa. That's fine, but you got to look at it from the macro sense too, don't you? Where eight or nine wins is on the table, like that's. I don't know. I I I just I think IU got a taste of that a couple of years ago and. It's almost like they're kind of getting. I mean, what's the so that's another question I have for you. What is the you said something about Tom Allen having figured something out there? Um, do you think his job is safe at IU? I mean, this year, yes, definitely. Um, and that's a that's a combination of you know what it would cost the fire, and which we I recognize when you say that out loud that that's not an endorsement of job security. I completely right, get that. Right. Um, but but I think also a recognition that. And then, I mean, you know, his first two seasons, he went five and seven. He was five and six going into the Purdue game. That was after Kevin Wilson had gotten to back-to-back bowls. Mm-hmm. Then he went eight and five. They went to the Gator Bowl and lost to Tennessee. Then they went six and two in the COVID season. They beat Wisconsin at Wisconsin. They beat Michigan. They beat Michigan State at Michigan State. They beat Penn State. Um you know, for all the world, I think we can probably guess they would have beaten Purdue that year. Purdue was really struggling by the end of the season. And, and it but really we'll never happen. know. Unfortunately, literally, we'll never know. I'm not sure that we can say that. We'll never know. I'm sorry. Literally both teams. In some ways, it would have been interesting to just make both teams play with, like, all their – because both teams were on COVID pauses, both of them, yeah. um, when they knocked that game off. So if you just made, like, Indiana show up with 46 players and Purdue show up with 39 players, <laughs> like, see, see what happened. Take volunteers. Um, but but you know it, it just like that was the that was the most successful stretch an Indiana coach had had since Bill Mallory, and by the time Indiana was doing its its most prolific winning under Tom Allen, it was doing it with kids that Allen recruited. It wasn't like I mean Allen actually the truth was Allen inherited a roster that was incredibly like senior heavy, um, in his first year, and they you know, uh oh. There's that's the siren ten-month. in the background. That's my 10 month old who doesn't say so. <laughs> um, you know, they, they, there was a lot of turnover to young players that Allen recruited and developed in 2018. And there were a lot of growing pains. And then they had two great years. 
you have to give a guy like that one more shot. And as much as that, if you do get to a place where you have to fire him and listen, most coaches get fired. That, that, that's the other sort of we fans want to be unreasonable about their expectations, but then they also want to act like coaches are around forever and everyone has a happy ending. And they forget that like Bobby Bowden basically got fired. Like maybe the single most influential coach in the history of college football got fired. Essentially he got forced out. Um, most coaches get fired. If you do get to a place where you have to fire Tom Allen, then the next guy needs to know he's going to get patience because this is a difficult place to win. It just is. And you can make an argument that it could be better. You can make an argument that, you know, with time and persistence and the right hire, you could have Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern, or if you Mm -hmm. shoot the moon, Barry Alvarez at Wisconsin, that's probably a lot less likely because of expansion and everything. That's what the big 10 is looking like going forward. But the point is the next guy, you're not going to get a coach of, of any reasonable talent if coaches look at a job like Indiana and say, I'm not going to get any time. Like I'm I'm not, I'm I'm gonna so, go there and they're gonna try and fire me the minute things start going wrong. Playing so, the flip side, playing the flip side of that though, it's the Big Ten, it's a Big Ten West job. It's a power two job. You know, at, at this point, it's the power two. Um and there are no going to be no divisions. You're recruiting in a good base, you know, here. And so it's like, is it really, though? Like, I mean, I know that it may uh, scare off, like, some of the top-level folks, right? But, like, I don't know if those folks were coming to IU anyway. I mean, like, you know, at this point, like, if IU is, is like, because it looks like Wisconsin is just hiring internally. And I don't think, um, I think uh, Nebraska is going a different way. But, like, if Lance Leipold were, were to look at, you know, if Indiana were to open and Lance Leipold was, um, you know, to, to be trying to hop to a power two, like, would he really think, like, oh, hey, they fired Tom Allen, you know, after two disappointing seasons? I'm not sure anymore, you know? I mean, I mean, it would be an interesting case study. Um, And it's also worth saying, I mean, you know, financially, Indiana's still climbing out of its its COVID situation. Um, You know, schools like Indiana took a smaller hit on the COVID deficits, but they're going to need more time to get out of them for the same reason they took a smaller hit on them, which is that they make a lot less money on football simply because they don't have 100,000 seat stadiums. Um. You know, I, I mean, I, I I do just generally kind of believe like I in the same way, I don't believe Indiana basketball has to be patient that that it, it to some to, at some level, Indiana basketball can just be like, no, you know, as long as we've won five national championships, as long as we have the recruiting base we have, as long as we have the facilities we have, as long as fans sell out our arena, we can be slightly unreasonable. And and it's also basketball. So all we need is one guy to come in and land it's a lot easier. Two, yeah. two good recruiting classes. And suddenly, I mean, like, look at Mike Woodson. He inherited a team that was 12 and 17. And I can't tell you exactly where Indiana's going this season, but I can tell you it's the best Indiana team I've seen in seven years. So, you know, it, 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 it only took him what, 20 months. Um, I just think football has to be different. And I think that you can, I mean, Indiana's recent history tells you you end up with, you know, you end up with coaches that are that are not fully into the job if if you you if you depress the ceiling of what you can hire, and that goes back a little bit. But I I just think you have to be patient, and and in particular, patient at a time when you probably can't be very financially reckless. 
Um, the truth is the truth of the big 10 TV deal is, you know, fans are seeing dollar signs and listen, people like me put the dollar signs in their eyes, you know, talking about it's going to be a billion dollars. It's going to do this. It's going to do that. The flip side is you got the COVID deficits. Now you've got athletic directors who are having to go to their donors and say, don't give me money, give the collective money because my programs need NIL cash. Now, you know, will that be, uh, will <laughs> that be my son loves that song, but I mean, my son loves a lot. John, John Bodis says Zach looks suspiciously like the fifth guy in the sea, sea shanty uh, TikTok that went viral during COVID. I agree, it's good, it's a good look for you. My son, my son actually does enjoy dancing around to that song, but <laughs> it could be you. Who knows? Um, the other part of the TV deals is because, especially at the programs like you know the programs that aren't making just like fat money on football every Saturday. Um, the truth is that a lot of that TV deal money is kind of already spoken for because you are having to, to tell your donors to redirect some of the money you would be taking into your department for the moment anyway, to NIL collectives, which means you're going to need to replace that money somehow. So and when you're also servicing, you know, COVID deficits, when you, when you, you know, a lot of campuses like froze debt service, because when, when, when athletics departments build big things, they'll tell you what the full price is. They'll be like, oh, this is our $85 million football team facility. But the truth is they'll pay for it over 30 years. Like nobody's writing an $85 million check and handing it to a contractor. So you, you constantly, and usually what, what will happen is the university will help front some of that because the university has the endowment to, to, you know, comfortably take on the debt without any real risk. And then together the department and the university will pay that. Well, a lot of that stuff got frozen during COVID, but at some point, obviously the bills are going to start getting paid again. I'm kind of rambling, but the point, the other part of the, the money with a lot of programs, even in, and you're not wrong, even in the big two is a lot of that money. Athletic directors are looking three, four, five years out and saying, well, we, we know what we need to be spending that on because we are having to take it. We're having to take some money out of other pots essentially. And, and then when you factor in that the, the deal doesn't fully mature until CBS comes online, I think in year two, either year two or year three, I just think Indiana is, is possibly going to be better off if it, if it waits, if it does have to fire Tom Allen and it may not like, listen, if he wins on Saturday, then people can gnash their teeth at the seven-game losing streak all they want. He will they're have not going to remember anything else. Well, they, That's it. This is a new season, right? They'll have gone from two and ten to five and seven, which yeah. is a commendable improvement. They will have you know, done so on the back of a number of promising young players, and they'll have won both of their trophy games. If you had offered an Indiana fan that in August – Again, I, without wanting to, to lecture anybody, I think you'd have been foolish to turn that down. That's improvement. That's a step back toward where you want to be. Um, you know, it, it's and it's it's hard. I, like, I get it. The flip side is I completely understand fans who want more. Like we all want more. Always we want more. Um, but you have to appreciate that like history can like teach you some lessons about basically what's realistic and, you know, overnight turnarounds mm -hmm. don't usually happen. And so, and frankly, you know, if, if I were almost any coach, any AD in America right now, anyway, like literally almost any AD in America, 
I would actually, if, if, if my donors came to me and said, yo, you need, uh, I don't know, 15 million to fire the football coach and we'll give it to you. I, I think I would actually literally tell them, put that money in a collective somewhere. Save it. Yeah. Let, or let, yeah, start. Yeah. Because then, then the buyout will have next year. It'll be easier to fire him then. And then when I go replace him, I'll have all this money that I can hand to them. And it's obviously not easy. You know, people are sometimes more motivated when they're angry. And I'm not just talking about Indiana. I'm just talking in general. Um, but the, the the calculus of like how money moves around for athletic directors and athletic departments is changing so dramatically right now. And if it goes to revenue sharing, which is where people think it's going, and I'm totally getting off topic here, forgive me, um, it will change even more. And in the meantime, I think for a lot of people, when the when it comes to the financial part of decisions like this, like don't be overcautious, but discretion is probably I, the better part of valor. I wonder if it, it raises the ceiling of some of the better teams, right? at least in the short term, it raises the ceiling, not some of the better, some of the richer teams, right? It raises the ceiling for Ohio state, Penn state, Michigan. Um, but it basically just, it for, you know, even for anywhere from Michigan state, Wisconsin to Purdue, and Indiana, it kind of just uh, moves the gap between them and like Kansas and, you know, other kind of non-power two teams, right? It just kind of widens that gap, but it doesn't take anybody closer to that. I have a question. Do you How much do you miss Tom Crean right now? Last time I texted with Tom, <laughs> something about soccer. What was it? Oh, he was recommending Pep Guardiola's book. That's what he texted me. I'm not, I'm not kidding. That's what he texted me. So I haven't, I haven't had a long conversation with Tom in a while, but uh, Woodson's, you know, what's from, from a, um, from a, 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 a reporter's perspective, Woodson's a lot of fun. He doesn't hide the injuries very much. He's, he's just very NBA about it. Like, yeah, he's very like, I was the head coach of the Knicks. So none of it bothers me. <laughs> and, you know, he'll just sort of tell you like, oh yeah, Trace Jackson Davis has a sprained thumb. Like he won't just be like, oh, he has an arm injury. When you know his thumb is wrapped up, he'll just be like, "Yeah, he has a sprained thumb." Um, he seems like a allowed, great guy to get a steak with. I don't it know seems... if I'm allowed to, to swear on this podcast, um, yes. but like Let's he swears, he swears pretty regularly, <laughs> um, and and often very like if somebody asked him Friday night about when Malik Renu came on his official visit, the the freshman that was committed to Florida. And he was recounting the whole thing. And he's like, and then he came on his visit and he told me he was coming to IU and I gave him a big ass bear hug. <laughs> like he just, you know, it's just like, it's just, you know, it's, it's refreshing because, and I've written this, so I don't feel bad saying this out loud. Some elements of college basketball coaching had become very performative. Like it felt like they'd become very like, I'm the coach that's at the, you know, I'm in the AAU gym from 7 a.m. to midnight. And, <laughs> you know, nobody goes to more of the high school workouts than me and all that. So like, yeah, but like, you know, but to what it's, end? It's kind of seemed like they need coaching. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? um, and we and we lived in this world where it was like, oh, well, the NBA is where all the good coaches are because that's where all the innovations happening, and it's it, you know you don't have all the headaches of college. But college coaches, college can only hire college coaches, and it's like, well, wait a minute. If all the good coaches are in the NBA, shouldn't we be trying to bring some of that back to college? And I'm not saying Mike Woodson is you know a top five coach in in. Um, in college basketball, you know, I think this is going to be an interesting season to figure out exactly how he stacks up when he gets a good team. But I do think that there's just, there is just this more relaxed sort of like, we are not going to stress over like what 
graphics we give to the people to tweet about the schedule and you know we're not going to obsess over like what we put on the wall and it's just going to be like hey like we're just gonna we're gonna recruit and we're gonna coach and like when Jalen Huchifino comes on his, his official visit I'm gonna tell him stories about you know, hanging out with Magic Johnson because that's what I did in the NBA for 40 years. And he's probably going to think that's cool. And that may connect him to me as a person more than like sitting him down and making him watch two hours of film about all the different things I'm going to do to his game because I'm a genius when it comes to, you know, the, 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 the offseason workouts. And like, I'm not trying to pick on college coaches. There are plenty of really good college coaches. I just, it is refreshing sometimes to get somebody who's not from just that that sort of college pipeline of we must not just do a good job but make sure that we are seen doing a good job and somebody is just kind of like yeah i mean just you know i, I mean um when it's like you're you're hiring a lot of times when you fire a coach you're hiring the opposite right like yeah you, you go as far as possible for it it seems like mike woodson like to his credit is about like, as far from Archie as possible. He's he's farther from almost any college coach I've been around. I mean, like right. when uh when Indiana was in the Bahamas, Miller Cop rolled his ankle and the they played two games there and he rolled his ankle early in the second game and he didn't come back. And when somebody like when Indiana was wrapping up like Woodson's post game availability, somebody like kind of rushed a question at the end. So what about Miller Cop? How's his ankle? And Woodson just like looked down at the box score, and I think I think maybe just for the first time realized Cop only played three minutes, and he just goes, "Shit, he'll be all right." Like it, you know, it was just like like it, and and it was again like it just it wasn't this like oh well we'll have to get him back and the trainers will look at him and we'll see you know it was like it's August third and I'm gonna go play some golf. He rolled his ankle, I will be fine. Like it, you know, um, there's so much in college basketball sometimes that feels like it's a fire drill, and it's when it's just like just none of this needs to be so intense and yeah i don't know how i got on that but he's already like coached in the nba like to your point like i always thought like he's already coached the knicks he's done a lot of stuff and now he's been asked to come back to iu and do this and i feel like that's he's in an advantage because like if it works terrific if it doesn't work i've already yeah. coached in the nba like, like the sweet yeah. he just kind of when i when i see him come off the court and get asked a question he's kind of like all right, just let me go to the locker room. He kind of answers a question, and then he goes. He's still wearing the suits. He's one of the only he, guys left he has, who's doing that. He he answers almost every question we ask him. He starts almost every answer with, well, again, guys. because, <laughs> And I think it's basically because he's been asked that question by somebody for, again, like, you know, he did the Atlanta media for five years. He did the New York media in two different stints, if you count his time as an assistant. Yeah. I think he's looking out at us and being like, seriously, like, you, you know, I had to face down the daily news like every day for 95 games in a season. I'm not really worried about what, right. you know, this ginger whose name I don't know from the Indianapolis star is asking about like substitution <laughs> patterns. Um, but it, it, you know, it's, it's also refreshing here because I mean, I don't think it's, um, you know, Tom could be uh, an intense guy. And, and listen, that was, that was part of Tom's personality. That was part of what I firmly believe what made him a good coach. And he is a good coach. Like, don't, you know, I get that people love to to sort of pick fun at Tom cream. Like he won a lot. I mean, he, he won two big 10 titles in Indiana. He got Marquette to the final four. It's not an accident. Um, but, you know, then you, you had, you know, Tom and, and his intensity and his passion. And then, you know, things just kind of, we, we can have a whole separate conversation about the Archie Miller era or whatever but 
by the end, things were just so kind of dull and lifeless at the end of Archie's tenure to just get somebody in who, again, wasn't going to be a salesperson or a cheerleader or anything like that. It was just going to be like, hey, you know, like, I just, <laughs> it is what it I, I, I love Indiana. I love Bloomington. I met my wife here. This is the only program I would ever have left the Knicks for. You know, I, I drink like expensive wine because I have remarkable taste. Like it just, you know, I think pretty sure he smokes Cuban cigars. I was going to uh, say, if the, what do you think? Let's say Matt Painter and um, Matt Painter and Woody go out to, for a steak dinner uh, to, to some <laughs> unnamed restaurant. Over a, what's the over under set on the bill? Yeah, it's high. And to be fair, I think. Part of that meal is probably Matt Painter geeking out a little bit. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. Woodson, Woodson would have been like I, Matt Painter's told. I've heard Matt Painter tell stories about being in the IU locker room in the 81 Elite Eight, which was in Bloomington because campuses could host back then. And just like reveling and like the players celebrating and Isaiah Thomas just sitting. So I think there's a part of Matt Painter would be like, wow, it's Matt. It's Mike. It's Mike Woodson. Um, and then there'd probably be a part of Matt Painter that was like, King, you still can't find any three point shooters. It's not great, is it? Um, <laughs> But no, it I can't would believe be, I beaten Mike Woodson. And 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 at no point would either one of them feel the need to post on social media about the dinner. Nope. I don't like think not, either a man Maddie keeps it like I think just performatively, but he does not. Oh, he he's got an old I, soul, man. I don't think I don't think Woodson does a lot on his social media either. I think most of it is 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 like a, a does he own a smartphone? I have you know, I don't think I've seen him on the phone. Um <laughs> I would be surprised if he didn't. I mean, keep in mind, this is a man who's still friends with Leon Rose and William Wesley. And this is fair. He worked in New York for several years. So it's the people around him can, uh, can have that. That'll count. Uh, Jay, that counts as my basketball question. Go ahead. I, I indulged. <laughs> I indulged myself. Go ahead. DJ. <laughs> well, I wanted to get, I wanted to get the official uh, uh, Zach Osterman take on the bucket game. What the prediction is? You gotta, you gotta come on here and actually tell us what you think is gonna happen. And you can be honest if you think, because because I'm concerned. So I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I think Indiana is gonna win, and and Ooh. most of that is vibes. Because <laughs> I mean, because like I mean, if, if you if you covered up the final score of the IU Michigan State game, you would you would have had a, a, an almost impossible task convincing somebody Indiana won the game. Like they they completed two passes in seven attempts. Um, but they also, they also, they also ran for like 290 sack adjusted yards. Um, you know, the, the, I mean, like everything about last week, you know, cause I tend to, I try to, I try to do opponent radio when I'm asked and Michigan state is, is one of the bigger sort of like, like they have a, a pretty active sort of radio scene. So I usually do a lot of hits in Michigan state week. And understandably, the question I got most was basically just like, where is Indiana's head at? Like they've lost seven in a row after three and oh, after two and ten. Do they still have any fight left in them? And, it, you know, it looked for a, a decent period in that game like they didn't. You know, I mean, they went up seven to nothing and then they gave up 24 unanswered points. They got it back to 24-14 and Michigan State scored again. And then they just kind of kept fighting. And Michigan State had a lot more yards, but to 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 lean on a coaching cliche, Indiana made the winning plays. Like Indiana made yeah. plays special teams. Indiana made plays on defense. They got fourth down stops. They got turnovers. They were for the life of me, I, I still don't know why Mel Tucker was still kicking to Jalen Lucas, but they were trying <laughs> to kick off for a touchdown. Um, and you know, it just a uh, 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 that is sort of like a um, that is sort of. 
when people comment on the side it's very hard to stay uh, focused because we've got some clever well you, you also have to use sack adjusted yards with any rushing attack because indiana gives up a lot of sacks <laughs> uh, i believe they're still last in the league in sacks um in sacks allowed um but they just, you know, they've got some young guys that are finally stepping through. Dexter Williams, the quarterback. Um, Jalen Lucas has been really good. Uh, uh, Donovan McCulley, I think, is is probably played better than his numbers the last few weeks. And, and Williams is still pretty raw as a passer, so that's part of the issue. Um, but there is a little bit of sort of like, well, hey, it's just house money, you know, and – we beat Michigan State. Why can't we beat Purdue? You know, that was on the road. Indiana hadn't won there on the road in front of fans since, I think, 2001. Um, you know, so what's going to stop us? And Purdue's a little beat up. And um, I don't think Purdue's a bad team by any means, but, like, seven and four doesn't make you a – you know, you're, you're you're not 2018 Clemson either, you know. Sure. Um, I don't mean you. I just mean the, the general – you um you were both 2018 clemson as thank as you, well. hey, thank you <laughs> clearly um that would be where they won the national title wasn't it i can't remember sure and all uh, yeah. together it sounds right uh it was one of those you said it was such conviction and and yeah it was it was, it was one of those teams in the south it's, it's not out there nobody can look it up so uh, <laughs> um but you know it just like it, like I said, it really is vibes. Like that's all I've got. But and so I, I feel nervous because oh, now yeah. it's IU showed has showed fight, and I'd rather you, they be defeated, completely, and, like given up on their season, and they have. And, and if they'd lost to Michigan State, especially the way it was trending, I would be sitting here saying, "Yeah, got this, this game is going to be the most run of the mill, forty-four right. to twenty-four. Right. You know, like." everybody's everybody's going to be half paying attention, scrolling through Twitter on their phone for most of the second half kind of games. Yeah. Um, but, but now I, I think there is a, a legitimate chance because Indiana, because now this also becomes Indiana's bowl game because now yeah. Indiana can look at it and say, yeah. well, yeah. Always we're not, there's, there's like this, like there is this, like, you know, you know, camel through the eye of a needle. Isn't that the, the, the cliche? Um, like you, you pass a camel through the eye of a needle, like that. There is a path that wide for Indiana to make a bowl at five and seven. It basically requires oh. like, like, like a, <laughs> a whole bunch of teams to lose and not get like to six or something. Teams losing yeah. this weekend, and and there's like there's still like Rice is five and six, and if they lose, they of course because they're Rice, they've still got like the best APR of all the five winning teams. <laughs> so like they're going to a bowl either way, and um, it's very and like I think their APR is even their APR is not bad. It's actually pretty competitive, but I think Michigan State's is better, so Michigan State would move ahead of them, which would be sort of. Uh, well, how about how about the right. fact that like let's say let's say Iowa loses on Friday to Nebraska. And now Purdue needs to win that game to go to the Big Ten title game. Suddenly, IU has an even more fun reason to. Yeah, to I, I actually think up. again, and and listen. Part of my theory on this is just that I've seen teams screw it up in this rivalry a lot. Now, you don't usually, have to say yes. Teams in this rivalry screw it up. Yeah, Purdue and IU screw things up constantly. Historically, constantly. The, the one I've seen more often is is Indiana, but. Um, you know, like Indiana, like to a man, including if you got him on this podcast, Mark Hagan would tell you the, the 1989 Indiana team believes that not beating Purdue and making a bowl game cost Anthony Thompson the Heisman Trophy. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, because he wouldn't have played in that bowl game before the Heisman ceremony. But, you know, they firmly believe that if they'd beaten Purdue, if they'd put another bowl game on his resume, he would have won the Heisman. Um, you know, it just it, it's. It's it's a it's a combination of 
basically a Purdue is, is the better team, but Purdue is, is weakened by some, some important injuries, especially if Mockaby doesn't play. Yeah. Um, yeah. Purdue has to go on the road. You know, Mm -hmm. Bloomington's not a crazy imposing environment and Indiana will always fight uphill to get people in the stands because they move this game to after Thanksgiving break instead of before it. Um, You know, so Indiana, unless they're good, you know, unless they're having a good season, it'll be hard for them to get, you know, a ton of fans in there, but it is still a road game for Purdue. Purdue has to carry all the weight of expectation into this game. If Indiana wins, or if if, if Purdue wins, it's just like, well, Purdue, you know, Purdue win, you know, whatever, but Purdue is coming in expected to make this the game it should be. And it's going to be even more intensely that way. If Iowa manages to lose to Nebraska, um, which by the way, like if, if Nebraska decides to elevate Mickey Joseph, you know, like between now and the start of the game, cause there's some rumors that might happen. Really? You know, suddenly it all starts. I, I mean, I have no idea. I've just seen a couple of people, a couple of people. I would be shocked at that. We, we talk about so we always talk about Nebraska football on this podcast just because we're haters and we enjoyed it. We used I to mean, always open every when it was frost. It was very easy to talk about Nebraska football for the first five or ten minutes because it was just so much fun. Um, but I would be shocked if they all of it. I like Mickey Joseph. I think the players like I bet him. Leonard. I, I bet Leonard though. Like speaking of like Big Ten coaches that get hired before the end of the end of the week. I mean, there were there, a lot of people believed that Wisconsin did that when it did that, so yeah. that it would give Jim Leonard enough runway to earn the job. Um, Bowl eligible? Are they? Able? They're all eligible, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's not bad. I mean, it's a turnaround from where they were. He's four and two since he took it. Um, but no, I, I just like, you know, everything about this weekend is basically on Purdue's shoulders. Yep. And Indiana. Nothing has ever gone wrong when everything is on Purdue's shoulders <laughs> in history. Super reliable. But but Indiana has, you know, a roadmap. Now, again, it's 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 not like it's the most – it's not like it's the most sort of applicable formula in the world that can just throw it onto anything and it will work. But Indiana has a roadmap to winning a game, winning this game as an underdog and basically all the motivation and none of the risk, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it, I and that's, and so, and, and that's why I just like, I can't give you a final score. Cause I don't know what that looks like. Cause it's um, vibes, man. Cause it's vibes. Don't exactly. worry about it. And, yeah, but- and like, listen, vibes have let me down so many times <laughs> in my life. Like, you know, if we're just, we go back to all the fraternity parties I attended freshman year, you know, like how many times vibe just vibes just completely let me down and I just I misread them entirely. Um, Don't undercount vibes here. But but it, it you know, sometimes I mean, this is one of those rivalries that, that really does run on vibes like like the egg bowl. It's all like the egg bowl, the egg bowl completely. The egg yeah. bowl is is made of vibes. Agreed. Like, it, like in the way that Anakin Skywalker was created by the Force, the Egg Bowl was created by the Vibes. Um, the guy that celebrated uh, pretending to be a dog peeing changed the course of college football. I know it's just like that. It's just tremendous. This is and, why college and, and football. All is you Midwesterners think that the SEC isn't the best conference in the country. It's perfect. <laughs> it just beats more down perfect. there. Did you see what was happening with Lane Kiffin on Twitter tonight? I, love I it. did. We it's saw it just before Monday. it came on. <laughs> like that's just a that's just a random Monday. Yeah, but, um, but wait, next random Monday, he's going to be hired by he'll Auburn. Be at what he says. Next random Monday, he's going to be drinking Auburn. limeade at Tumor's Corner. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. exactly. My stepmother's going to be calling me and being like, oh, maybe I could get into Lane Kiffin. She went, in, she went to Auburn. So she's going to be calling me and be like, I wasn't sure about Lane, but, you know, I could. He's, I kind of get it. And he's going to make like. He's like, I don't think Lane loves kissing the ring, so he's going to keep Cadillac Williams there, and, and Cadillac will 
kiss the ring until Lane wins enough Iron Bowls that the ring will will, will stop needing to be kissed. And, and then, you know, he'll do something else ridiculous on Twitter because it's the SEC. Because it's Lane. Lane is going to – Here's a, here's my theory. Right before I, I we can't, end, I was hoping you would bring this up. This right is, before wait. we end this, here is my theory. By the way, Jay Money's theory is that Tom once Tom Allen gets the buyout, he's just going to come to Purdue as the uh, defensive coordinator. That's not my the theory. Best. I would It'd be the best job. It would be the best. That was my idea. Um, I would take that but if Lane, if Lane were to succeed, let's say for like three years, and then Alabama opens up at Auburn, Lane moving from Lane would be literally the only the human on villain. earth. Yeah. To go from Auburn to Alabama and embrace it. And then he would, would be, be the surprised. coach. He would be the head coach of Ole Miss, Auburn, Alabama, Tennessee, and USC. The man is a legend. Come on. Uh, the and only reason that won't happen is because Auburn will find a way to pay its coach $35 million a year <laughs> if it has to. Like that, I don't know where those boosters get the money. But like they will, they will dig oil out of the ground in Daphne. If I think that's means. what they do, in, that's what they do in College Station, isn't it? Keeping, yes, but but that makes sense. You're driven through Texas. There's there's oil everywhere. They will find oil somewhere in, in, in Alabama, East Central Alabama, if it means keeping their coach from going a successful coach from going to Alabama. Like it's it's they are so committed and. It's and it, it can be bizarre sometimes. I mean, again, as somebody who and, and my Lord knows my stepmother is not of you know of, of that persuasion, but that does having an Auburn having Auburn alums in the family does give me a window into the Auburn world, and it is a it is a strange <laughs> and wondrous place. It's, it's it's a it's a trip through Willy Wonka's chocolate factory um, in on the best of days, but no, they would they would. If they had to like invade some small <laughs> nation somewhere to just like just to absorb their GDP to pay Lane, if Lane Kiffin had won like three Iron Bowls in four years, and they had to like conquer Canada somehow to to just make Nova sure Scotia, just Nova out. Scotia, not the yeah, whole exactly. yeah, I mean, or just like Saskatchewan, it's fine. The you know, totally is so the thing that I've never understood is like the SEC. There's so much. What's the right word? Just like. Is it incestuous? But like Dan Mullen and Lane Kiffin and yeah, and the FBC loves. The, I mean, Auburn hired Mississippi State's AD. It's just uh, so Florida weird. You don't see that in the Big Florida Ten. Hired the one before that, but you don't see that in the Big Ten. You know, it's rare. I mean, Belima being back. That's because it, it just doesn't. It just doesn't mean back. more up here. It doesn't it mean doesn't more. Mean. I guess. I, I do think that there's. I think the SEC has always been more insular than the Big Ten, and and obviously, I mean, the Big Ten is literally just a physically larger conference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, particularly shining sea. If you consider kind of the older SEC, the pre sort of Missouri, Texas A&M SEC yeah. that stopped at the Mississippi River, essentially. Yep. Um, you know, the, the reality is you could drive the breadth of the SEC in in a day. Oh, well, yeah. um, it'd be a long day, but you could do it. Yeah. Whereas, you know. I mean, Penn State, I know, is not historically a Big Ten program, but like it, it, in, in the modern history, it is. It came in in the early 90s. You can't get from, you know, it's, it's what, probably 18, 19 hours, I'm guessing, from State College all the way to like Minneapolis. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think there, I think the SEC has always just been more insular in that way. And yes, the SEC just absolutely loves, I mean, we can go back and, I can find you. I mean, like David Cutcliffe, you know, coming out of Tennessee, connected to Philip Fulmer. Um, 
you know, the, the SEC has always loved that. And the SEC is, I mean, like, you know, Fulmer, I think Fulmer played at Tennessee. Spurrier played at Florida. Yeah. Vince Dooley played at Auburn. Pat Dye played at Georgia. Like this, the, it's just, it's always been that way. And right. again, like the last two Mississippi State ADs were, if I'm not mistaken, Mississippi State alums who like loved Mississippi State and then left for other SEC schools. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, what's his name? Cohen, the, the, I can't remember his first name all of a sudden, who just took the Auburn yeah. AD job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was literally Mississippi State's baseball coach, like a legend, a semi-legendary baseball coach, who then retired and became AD and is now at Auburn. Like it just it, it, that's that is just it's so weird. the way that conference works. Will Muschamp has worked at <laughs> everyone. One, he's, he's collecting the bingo two, cards. Three, at least five SEC schools. One more and he gets a free and sign. only and only probably I don't I bet he hasn't worked at any other schools has he and you and you uh, he, he he was at Texas he oh, was the okay so the future SEC school, school. Back, when we were, back when we were still doing coaches and waiting um and he ah, played in the SEC you know like it, it I mean it just it just that's just, just means it, it just means well Zach uh you know next year or no in two in two years um I hope that uh, eventually you at least make a stop off in Bloomington when you're making the Rutgers to IU to UCLA drive. Um, so hopefully it's, uh, you know, you, you, you stock up on snacks. It's okay. I can't, I can't wait for the first time I see the basketball schedule and I've traded like Iowa and cause Iowa city is a fun little town, but like I've traded Iowa in mid February for like a weekend in LA. LA. Oh, like, like, oh, it's IU UCLA February 20th. It's a Saturday afternoon. So I'm gonna have to go out Friday come back right. Sunday. Well, Thursday, because you got to adjust to the time. Exactly. Yeah. It's the time zones. It's, time it's zones. an awful shame, but <laughs> you will see me at the beach. Thank you. <laughs> well, Zach, thank you for your time. It's always lovely to hear your voice and see your face. Absolutely. And, uh, we if, will, you're down, um, if you're down here this weekend, just holler. I'm, I'm, I'm always roaming around before the game. And and did I the, the name of the buddy cop, I came up with it, by the way. It's yeah. you and Anish. It'll be called Ginger and Spice. <laughs> I'm Ginger. That's you're, the, that's the yeah, twist. Ginger, I'm the Ginger, you're Spice. I'm I'm the ginger, you're spice. Nobody sees it coming. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody sees it coming. <laughs> See you, Zach. Thanks, buddy. See you, fellas. Have a good night. You too. Oh, all right. Uh, so you feeling nervous, Jay, buddy? Yes. Yep. <laughs> that was yep. And not because it was accent. No, me too. Said. Me too. Coming into it, it's like, oh. Yeah, I mean, Purdue's played a couple of – I mean, it's it's so weird because I hear I am lecturing, like, people, and so is Zach saying, like, don't be stupid. Like, come on, just just well, like, appreciate what you've got. And I look back at Purdue's schedule. Purdue has now won six of their last eight games, and here we are going, oh, I don't know. I'm so worried because that's the way it is as a Purdue fan. It's because we know. It's because we're smarter. We know this. Well, because We've even their wins – have they had a win where you weren't completely nervous the entire time? Like, well, so I, I, so the 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 Northwestern game is a little bit cheating because I didn't watch it live. I watched the recording, and so I knew the outcome. Uh, if you but watched even it live, then, you would have been nervous. Okay, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. I mean, you knew like, they couldn't you know, score, but scrolling through Twitter, it was it was nervous Twitter. Um, but it did seem it that last drive wasn't very threatening. You know what I mean? Um, oh. but like Aiden O'Connell had missed on you know a couple. Um, you know, like really easy throws that, I mean, at least one easy touchdown, um, right. you know, that, that would, and this is like, in addition to the touchdown, the high stepping touchdown, which is insane. That was called back. Um, oh, yeah, but we like, didn't talk about that and we should. Oh, geez. What a, every, 
it it should be required to high step into the end zone. <laughs> somebody, I told you it. Somebody. Everybody everybody should be like you should. It's like mandatory celebrations and mandatory field rushing. You should be required to high step into the end. Zone. How about how about taunting's okay as long as you're not like like what is the harm of any taunting in in that scenario when you are unabated to the end zone? No one's near you. You can't. That's like penalizing a guy who hits a home run and then styles on it. Like yeah, I mean it's like, the bat flip. It's the unwritten rules, right, and nobody flip. likes and nobody likes the bat flip. And, and, and like, here's here's, here's how the people who believe in the game policing itself. Baseball is a little diff- different because you're throwing a hard object at somebody at 100 miles an hour. That's a little obnoxious. But football, if that bothers you, make that guy pay the next time he he comes across. I mean, that's a defensive player, but you could still run up. You could hit him, not dirty. Maybe even take a penalty, but you could hit him in a way that's like. Just wanted to just wanted to reward you for that high step. I think you could play the game in a way that again is not filthy, but is making it clear that that pissed you off. Or hey, don't throw interceptions. That's another option. I mean, he threw like, a pick six. He threw a really bad do- into double coverage pick six. He should if, feel bad. You should feel on, bad. The, when you the do best that. response I thought saw on Twitter was somebody said if if you throw a pick in a situation like that, where the guy is that unabated, they can high step for 30 yards, then the flag should be on you. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> he was, it's... you, you have disgraced the game in such a way by allowing him to be able to do, by the and way, besides... and also taking a touchdown away from it. Like it's it, again, in the NFL, it's either on the extra point or on the kickoff. So think about which that. is That's fine. Six, six points and 30 yard penalty. It's nuts. <laughs> which by the way Purdue shouldn't it's not six but it was it was six points on that thing Purdue then not scoring afterwards <laughs> and um it was a missed um like a really easy uh Payne Durham catch mm-hmm. there were two drives right after that that Payne um missed a really easy catch right afterwards and then Aiden missed Payne um right. completely overthrew him right um, there was one, I think it was to Ty, was it Tyrone Tracy or was it, um, anyway, like it, there were a couple, like a handful of other ones afterwards that mm-hmm. probably should have led to points that Aiden O'Connell missed. Again, it wasn't that taken away touchdown. Wasn't the only reason that this was in stupid range, but like, come on, like you can't, it's just, it, it, celeb- it's not so having stupid. fun. Like it's so, it, it's such an Ugh. absurd, like. Again, if you're running down the field and you're giving the finger to the okay, maybe you want to draw a line somewhere where being obscene is not allowed. Fine, I'm okay with something well, that stepping. has some reality to it, right? Where you're like, okay, that's something we don't want in the game. But being happy, be, being excited—that's literally what that was. That was that's how that's how you run when there's like you know a movie you're really excited to see. I'm trying to think of something really good, but. That's you running into the grocery store for regular Oreos. That's right. That is correct. And and boiler down running into it for thins. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't try to turn my attention away from your bad judgment to an even worse decision. But yeah. regular Oreos are just because you don't like Oreos. It's totally I do like fine. them. No, you like. I would never turn them down. Like Chris, love, you, love, love every, every Oreo. Oreo. <laughs> love every Oreo. Yeah. Hey, oh, man. I mean, I'm not going to not eat them. I'm not an idiot. I'm just saying well, there are better not ones. Ungrateful. Yeah, I'm not ungrateful. Right. I'm not right. I mean, um, we had a few people here that Greg makes a really good point. If DEs can celebrate a sack, DBs can demonstra- demonstrably celebrate an incomplete right. or touch tight or tight ends and wide, uh, and WEs, whatever those wide ends, can celebrate a first down 
and he's right. He's right. That's a great point. Like, like there is celebration on every one of those things, a sack, a, a, a breakup of a pass. Allowing, like, I, now that I think about it, allowing a sack celebration, but not allowing high stepping into the end zone as you've got like they're exactly yards the same. between you. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you're, except it, in it, one case, you're taking points off the board. You're doing the thing you're supposed to do, which is score points, right? I mean, right. like it's it's the, the you play to win the game, right? Um, no, that. it's it's just like yeah, it, it was infuriating. Big Ten refs again. It's just like the they're they're national jokes. They should be national jokes, but well, and um, there was a ton of and there was a ton of like, you know, that speaking of people, you know, if we're gonna hammer on bad fans, first of all, first of all. Don't go out there and tweet. I'm just going to say, first of all, I, I usually say you can do whatever you want. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Here's I'll tell you, don't do this. Don't go talking about players being idiots. Don't don't call them names. Don't call college athletes stupid. Don't say they're ungrateful or they're dumb or whatever you want. All the things. I saw a, a bunch of people saying that. That's really, really terrible. Like, like, and, and then there's people talking about on discipline. You should know the rules. Do you think about how many things a a 22-year-old, 20-year-old college football player has to be disciplined about, right? Like, you can't, like, if you hit a second after the whistle on a guy going out of bounds, right, you're going to cost your team 15 yards. Think of all the times, you know, a guy's about to go down. If you hit him and it looks like he was already down, you're going to get a penalty. Hitting the quarterback, you're, you're just about ready to freight train him, and he gets rid of the ball. And if you hit him, you're going to get a penalty. Think about all the times they, especially defensive players, have to pull off of things and not get upset or not get loud or not hit somebody. So to act like, oh, totally undisciplined. No, no, that was joy. That was that was the opposite of being an undisciplined jerk. That was being like, hey, hey, this is awesome. We're playing in a game that matters to us. Like, all right, I'm done. Now. Yes. No, it's keep going. No, it was. Um, I mean, like, if it's directed at somebody, to Motor City, Motor City Boilers, point. If it's directed at somebody, I get it. But like, if it's just celebrating, it's not. It's real dumb. That being said, again, like it does not account for Aiden missing on a couple of those. Now, Boiler Dowd was talking about, and he was, he was in the stands. He was talking about how that should count as Purdue winning an inclement weather game. Cause he said, you know, and, and I don't oh. take this lightly. He said that was the coldest game Among he's ever been to he's ever been at. Yeah. And that's nuts. Wind. I mean, like it, it didn't yeah. look again. It like, it looked like it was a fine. For my it was fine in my kid. Yeah. It was fine <laughs> in my living room. I don't know what he was complaining about, but <laughs> Well, we were at a game where we were worried it was going to get chilly, and uh, he showed up and he had like shorts, and I was like, "Oh, you're not going to wear a sweatshirt or anything?" He goes, "No, because I'm a man." And I was like, "Oh." He probably oh. wore shorts to this game. As he well. probably did. And then Ross complained that it is, was cold. It's the furnace. Ross Aid is about ten degrees warmer than everywhere else. Well, it usually is. Um, so imagine how cold it really was. Well, and so again, like Purdue, and the other thing, so you know, Purdue kept running the ball, kept going to. Well, in the first quarter, Maccabi, but then to Dylan Downing, um, and uh, oh, what um, uh, uh, who was the other running back? Uh, Kobe Lewis was really great. What are all of these running backs all of a sudden that Purdue is pulling out of nowhere that are just running back? You out? man, I know running back. You we've often said just run the ball, Jeff Brom. <laughs> it's like it's it's fine. So somebody said that that um, somebody said that Maccabi's dad had a, a tweet. Oh, he yes. He tweeted uh, all aboard, hint, hint, with a green light. So, I guess I mean, like, I, I, the refs sent him. So he didn't 
he got hit. He got drilled pretty hard in the first quarter. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't like an open field tackle. It was kind of a close, it was a close range tackle, but the refs ruled him out, which is fine. I'm glad that they do that. Um, but again, it's like a concussion. He was sat out bait functionally, you know, three quarters of the game, three and a half quarters of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, you know, if, if he passes everything, that'll be fine. I would feel much better with him. That being said, because Hartwig is out, you know, um, so I think uh, Kaltenberger is probably going to be the, you know, the backup that's going to be the starting center. That always kind of starting center, like, it, you know, backup center always makes mm-hmm. me nervous. I mean, any offensive line injury is not yeah, great, but, but center, starting center. QB exchange is, yeah, that's a, you know, uh, one one other thing to, to bring up about Saturday's game, because you talk about how you'd like to have Maccabi and Purdue's offenses looked a little weird lately, right? 17 against Northwestern, three against Iowa after being kind of a 30-point automatic bet the over team all season. Um, the weather for Saturday in Bloomington uh, is going to be 54 for the high, 44 for the low. So well, no problem there. Weather. But showers, uh, 60% chance. So not it's probably not a guarantee. And it's only Monday, right? So by Saturday, who knows what the forecast will be. Wind is saying 7 miles an hour, which, I mean, they can't even predict whether, you know, whether it's going to be sunny or not six days out. So I'm pretty sure we don't know whether it's going to be windy. But if it's raining, I'm a little concerned about that. But I also think Aiden if it's raining, you know, you know what rain means? It means they can't throw and produce secondary either. And I actually feel I totally I feel OK with, with especially with Kobe Lewis running the way that he did um, even after Hartwig and Mockaby both went out um, mm-hmm. and downing, you know, looked really good. I don't know. I mean, we haven't seen King and I, I haven't um, kind of read anything on it. And I, so I don't know what his status for this is, but like, um, but, and even in the first quarter out of the back, he wasn't, he did his weird Tyrone Tracy things. He wasn't quite the running back, but like he was catching out of the backfield and running like they, they got at least in the first quarter, got really fancy with Tyrone Tracy, which was really nice. Um, and so it's like, there are options here. Um, I am actually at this point more concerned about Purdue's secondary and I, you not pay, you know, I not like I as a quarterback that can pick it apart anyway, but like, you know, Purdue has been picked apart by Spencer Petrus this year, so who knows? <laughs> so I actually am not sure because I don't follow Indiana very much. But is is uh, Bazelak? Is he mm-hmm. is he hurt? Because he yeah, didn't play I, I, against State, and that's what that's what Zach was referring to. I didn't realize how Dexter Williams was two. He was right. He was two of seven mm-hmm. for thirty one yards. It's Dexter Williams time. Okay. Well. Then Purdue has very few excuses. You can be nervous all you want. You can be a Purdue fan all you want. Purdue has no real excuses here. And if Iowa loses to Nebraska, which I actually think is more possible than I think people are giving it, I think I think Iowa is sneaky bad, right? Like where they can totally lay an egg and score ten points, and and Nebraska can score fourteen. Like I, I really think the that, season, yeah, for the first half of the season, they weren't very sneaky about the bad. Right, right, and here they are. One win away from the Big Ten Championship game, which, as I said on last week's show, man, nobody can argue that that's good for college football because they're going to get pasted by whoever. I mean, they so play. so so would we, but like, <laughs> yeah, but Purdue would make it fun, man. Purdue could score points. Purdue put up thirty something on last year's Ohio State team. Like, I, I, it would at least be fun. It would at least it be would fun. be. Purdue... I would take either way if Purdue ties. And goes or ties and doesn't in the Big Ten West. We're hanging the banner, and ten years from now, nobody's going to remember. Big Ten West matter. champions. You're getting matter. a Big Ten West champions right, hat. The the co is going to be just very tiny. Big Ten West two champions. font. 
I'm going to find a t-shirt for you if that happens. Give me the bowl eligible one, please. The bowl. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even inviting. It's just like, yeah, we could go in theory. We could be invited. We're ready to be invited. Uh, is everybody behaving on the side over here because we had a guest? That was what somebody. Uh... I think so. Everybody except John. Everybody well. except uh, Doc Wattis. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel nervous. I feel nervous, but again, like, and, and uh, I totally a hundred percent get the vibes prediction of an IU win because again, like that four to five win jump is meaningful. It's a springboard after this Michigan state win where they looked full of life. It is to ruin your rival's season, which is always great. Like, I mean, Purdue has gotten up for those IU games, you know, before in kind of lost Purdue seasons, um, not during Hazel, but, you know, otherwise. Um, and so it's like it, it's a rivalry game. Weird things like this happen. So I'm nervous, man. Um, I don't know. Like, again, all logic points to Purdue. But, man, I, you know. Eesh. So one of the things I, I feel like I, I feel like I failed here is I should have asked everybody for their own version of LEO. Um, uh, Matt Bull. Uh, 324 uh, is the one who gave me this idea because he replied and said life exists off world. So he's referring to aliens there. I I would like to, I would like some more LEOs. um, So maybe we can get that going on Twitter uh, this week because love every Oreo, love every Oreo, uh, love every Osterman. We use that title of this one. Um, Yeah. Or, or love every one, which is super weird. Wait, no, it's love each other, isn't it? That's why oh, I keep whatever. messing it up. I know, That's it doesn't right. matter. I keep messing it up, you're right. It's love each other, which is maybe even more weird. I don't know. Hey, hey man, it's it's fine. It's like you and me in a cross-country road trip in your car. It's lick every oyster. Lick <laughs> now, Motor City Boiler says lick every oyster, which I think now you're just, now I think you're just thinking of words that start with the letters. It's almost completely random. At this I'm point. fine with it. I'm totally fine with it. Craig says he went clean with like every oyster. I don't know. Did he? I mean, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Dylan, uh, Dylan says that he tweeted, I saw this today. He says he tweeted about how IU would have to beat Purdue for 30 plus years to tie the series. And someone told me I jinxed it. And now IU would have a 30 game win streak. And he said, that's Purdue <laughs> fandom in a nutshell, <laughs> speaking it into existence. Um, oh boy. John Younger says, uh, lament each offense. This weekend. Yeah. No, I mean, says. like, so no Big Ten team scored 20 points and Georgia didn't break 20 points. So it was a weird week. It was a real it weird week. It was a really week. weird week. And then, like, oh man, that was Texas AM struggled with UMass. And I, there were people on Twitter saying, like, AM's, you know, there's all these metrics right around, not just recruiting classes, but the talent of your team and, and like, what was the stat? What was the number that that uh, Osterman was throwing around about teams uh, that are five and seven? And they're they're it's a three letter um, statistic. I forget what it is now. Anyway, people were talking about A and M's and how you know they're they're a talented bunch, and they were struggling with one and nine UMass, and then Florida losing to Vandy. APR, thank you, Broxton Davis. APR, yeah. Um, uh, by the way, you know that at this point, A and M is below Vandy. In the SEC standings, Vandy's suddenly won a couple games. They hadn't won a, an SEC game in a couple of years. They beat, they beat Florida. They beat, they beat Florida, and it wasn't ever really close. It was no. very weird. It was um, a strange week, man. You had that. You had South Carolina absolutely washing Tennessee, laying and, the 
freaking wood. And I know we 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 didn't like to see Hendon Hooker, of course, get injured. Um, but that has nothing to do with them scoring 63 points. No, That's, I mean they were gonna good. lose anyway. It was pretty late in the game, too. Like he didn't that it wasn't the injuries. Smackers. Holy I mean, hell. like uh, it's, uh, uh, Spencer Rattler is good, and so you knew that he would do that. He picked a good time, I guess. But yeah, but that team was not expected to be any. I, I think it was on the the full cast, right? They talk about how their coach, uh, SC's coach, is always like, "I'm as oh, surprised Beaver. as you are." Like <laughs> Beaver's after, kid. Yeah. after every win, it always sounds like he's like, "Wow, can you believe this? <laughs> can you and believe I'm a coach?" It's true. He's like Danny Hope, only he's winning a lot. He's seven and four at South Carolina. They're not a good program. That's, oh, that's so good. It's amazing. Oh, well, it's um, you know, I, I, you know, I'm, it's it, it's not it. The weirdness of college football happens, and it doesn't have me feeling good about next week. But again, to your point, Purdue should be. I mean, it it just should be an on the ground like you know monster. I think, um, uh, Payne Durham. It's his last game. It's Charlie Jones' only game against IU, so who knows? But it's Payne Durham's last game. He knows the rivalry. Like, I I would hope it's a big Payne game. It's AOC's last game. Maybe. It's going to be AOC's last game. Uh, but again, he's been off these last couple – the second half of the yeah. season, he's been off. So I don't know. Um, I'm hoping. And so I would say, like, a big week for the for the Payne Durham – like, you know, last regular season week for the Payne Durham-AOC connection. But – I, you know, I'd be perfectly happy with 200 rushing yards. It'd be great. I agree. Um, I was just looking at the side there and seeing that John Wattis had lift every opossum. I think he's just putting in things too that. No, that means something. It's fine. Uh, (laughs) LARP every other weekend. Uh, uh, it's great. Um, so yeah, I'm feeling nervous, but we'll see. I'll be, uh, hopefully, uh, eating my full with my second Thanksgiving meal of the weekend. Um, it'll be, it'll be pretty solid on Saturday. I'll be good. I'll be happy. Oh, I'll be in oh, my happy place. It'll, um, be the, should... it'll be the bush heavy, uh, the bush heavy, uh, Thanksgiving meals can be on Saturday. So that's, oh. that's what I'm going to be full of. Oh, man, that's tough. I don't know how you put that in yourself. Um, uh, we should thank our sponsors who get thanked, of course, on the read at the beginning in case we forget. But our friends at uh, AJ's in Lafayette and West Lafayette on Vine Street, go to eatajs.com and visit them and get yourself some uh, funnel cake fries. And we always we always mention the fatty boy stuff, funnel cake fries, mac and cheese bites, um, as opposed to all the healthy options like Swiss burgers and things like that. Um, and, of course, our friends at Martin Vintage where if you enter boiled at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Good time. It's going to the holidays, man. It's a good time to buy some Purdue stuff. Time to buy your... your <laughs> Brian T. says that dad is out shopping for some new glasses. That's probably true. That's right. Got, he got made fun of too of, much. His son made fun of him too much last week. <laughs> um, Anything to wrap it up with? We're over an hour here. I think uh, I'm nervous. I think it's a 10 point. It opened at least at a 10 point spread. Nine and a half uh, or 10 and a half. Is that what you said? Oh, I hate that. Oh, I hate that. I mean, I get it again. Purdue should beat them. But like, again, vibes, the vibes are not feeling good on this one. Um, But like, you know, it'd be good again. And, you know, okay, here's the way to wrap this up. You go back 
like you said, you go back to the beginning of the season, you know, like I use thing, which is like, you know, you win two trophy games, whatever, whatever. Right. Um, Purdue is currently sitting at seven wins and are over under at the beginning of, for everything that we said this, this year for like, Hey, the, the schedule could line up and it could be that 10 win season and this and that, the other, do you remember where we set the, the line for a successful season seven and a half. preseason? It was seven and a half wins because mm-hmm. we knew that weirdness was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And basically if you won eight games, you could sell this no matter how you got to eight, you could say, it was the first time in 25 years Purdue has back-to-back eight-win regular seasons, um, and under seven, and you or under seven and a half, and you feel terrible because it's like you you wasted AOC's senior year, Peyton Durham. You have a lot of really good talent. You have more than one NFL player on the roster, and so you know it, it, you're sitting here. The IU game is between you and a successful season, and that's probably how this had to end, right? So it's oh, yeah, and. And Motor City Boiler says seven and a half was the betting line too, and I can validate that because I may or may not have quite a bit of money on Purdue <laughs> over seven and a half. Wins oh no, so the vibes are not good. There's a lot riding on Saturday. <laughs> the vibes are not on, good. Uh, the second yacht money. The seven and a half uh, over regular season wins. Uh, I also bet that Purdue would have ten regular season wins because that was a separate. They had ten win seasons because I'm not going to still happen. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. It was ten regular season wins. I don't know why I bet that one. That was, that was. But there was a little while there when they got up to five and two, and I was like, "Ooh, ooh, I think it's possible." Yeah. Um, got a question from a, a regular reader: uh, Is eight wins, regardless of how a successful season? Yes. Um, yes. Sorry. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry. That we, if you haven't done a thing in twenty-five years, yeah, it's no, 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 a success. No. He's saying regardless of how. I think he means. If you lose Saturday, but when you're bowl. Oh, in the bowl game. I don't count. I don't like that bowl wins get counted as season. regular season wins. No, yeah, no, this, exactly. this or like is totals. The, this is the win. Seven and five is a little bit of a letdown from where the season starts. Seven and five say. and no bucket. Yeah, that's a disappointment. Yeah. Um, and like I think, a, and I'm the sunshine and roses one when it comes right. to the football program, right? So it's like, but think about seven where, wins and no bucket. Yeah, that's a disappointment. With this schedule and this team and this talent, yeah, that's yeah. Eight I, wins I, in the bucket, it's fine. It, like it's weird. It, 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 ninth. There's, it's all. It's what. It's that. That's the difference. You know. Right. What we talk about that the same thing happens in basketball, right? Where a Sweet Sixteen is yeah acceptable and eight Elite Eight is a great year, right? It's like legendary year. Yeah, it's exactly. right. It's like one one extra win makes an enormous difference and. But with football, one extra win is a huge percentage. It is. I mean, like it's a season. Eight is a much eight and four looks so much better than unless you're a Texas A&M fan. Eight and four, they'd kill for eight. They'd kill for eight and four now. That's the thing. You guys say stuff like that about them in Nebraska. No, they would not, because Texas was in this position under Herman and won ten games at least once. I I just meant now, not perennially. I I just meant right now. Kill for it. If they turned around and won eight next year, they would not be happy. They would not. They'd be happier. They'd still be going to the games. I but... didn't say. I didn't say next year. I meant literally just right now. If they could zoom, if they could like, if they could, uh, you know, Freaky Friday into an eight win season, I think they'd take that. But, yeah, uh, Freaky Friday into an eight win season. Well, of course, everybody wants more than three wins. Yeah. Well, 
you know, maybe you should talk to Nebraska. Maybe they should see, maybe they should ask Nebraska, or I mean, uh, uh, Vandy's coach how to get, you know, how to get a few more wins. Maybe with a couple more dozen million dollars, Jimbo could do it. A couple more dozen million dollars. Dylan, Dylan Kuhn, Boilers by a billion. Boilers by a billion. I mean, yeah. (laughs) What if it only rains in the second half? Now you guys are being silly. I, I, I think that you have to, okay, if you're forcing me to put money on a game, um, I have to pick Purdue. I'm a little worried about ten and a half, only because they haven't been covering spreads of late. Exactly. Um, yeah. So they so were in the first half of the season, but yeah. Right. They were well. They were covering overs. I don't know that they were covering spreads. Every game was very close. Um, they probably covered against Minnesota because I'm sure Minnesota. And by the way, screw you, Minnesota. You Just freaking, in general. Well, but like all you had to do was beat Iowa at home in your probably your senior day for the. Floyd, like, and you couldn't do that. Then, then Purdue has a completely clear path. Like, Purdue so far um, has covered the spread four times this season. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't they and the offense, and only once in the last month, month and a half, two months, so month and a half. Um, and so, like, yeah, it's, I, yeah, take the points, but the Purdue win. That's our, that's our, uh, you know, uh, that's our nervous prediction. Right. I, I think that's I think that's what you have to go with. Boiler Dad thinks Purdue by seventeen if it's not raining, is what he said. So um But if it is, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um it's been a pleasure, as always. Um two pods in four days. Uh I'm exhausted. I think I need to get Don't say it. yeah, don't say we never gave anything to you. <laughs> we'll be back Wednesday with the next handsome. No, no, we won't. <laughs> We won't be back Wednesday. Um, Boiler Dow to do something. We, we oh, know he does he one would. every day, I think. Yeah, that's right. Because yeah. otherwise, I he, he does. you can just hear. Either he records it or he just opens his window and yells, and it's fine. Right, right. Um, he'll be doing a glasses uh, review on right. uh, Wednesday. Unboxing, um, yes. An unboxing. <laughs> so I really like these because there's two lenses, and when I look through them, I can see better. <laughs> Um, yes. All right. Uh, delightful. It's been a pleasure. We, we love you guys. Good night.